Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into The Drive on 6 and Sports Radio, 6 Sports.com in the Odyssey app. Ben Heisler is going to join us here coming up momentarily. We'll get the gambling perspective on Sunday's AFC and NFC championship game. We'll get high thoughts on that. Nick Wright is scheduled to join us here coming up in about 40 minutes. Nate Taylor will be on the show in an hour. We will get you all of the updates from Arrowhead Stadium. Let me update you on the injuries currently for the Kansas City Chiefs. Mike Edwards, Isaiah Pacheco, Willie Gay Jr., Kadarius Toney, all four of those players are questionable for Sunday. Derek Nottie and Joe Tooney, they have been ruled out for this game. So an important run-stuffing player in Derek Nottie and obviously your best offensive lineman, Joe Tooney, they both are going to be out for this game. We'll catch up with Heiss here coming up in just a bit. This was really intriguing to me, so I, I kind of had this thought, and I looked it up to see if the numbers – fit what I thought we spent a lot of time last week talking about the Manning and Brady rivalry how we were seeing it sort of reborn that we got another opportunity that Patrick Mahomes is Tom Brady and the Chiefs have morphed into the New England Patriots and Buffalo is the Indianapolis Colts or the Cincinnati Bengals are the Indianapolis Colts and that's the Brady Manning rivalry I started looking at the numbers And it is scary how close the Ravens and the Steelers are that you sort of look at the Steelers as the model of consistency in the National Football League. You know, Mike Tomlin been there, never had a losing season. They make the playoffs tough. Like there is a certain player that you just know that's a Steeler. They want to run the football really good on the offensive line, play good defense, doesn't change coaches. Like they just have a culture. They have an identity as an organization and they stick to it. That's kind of what the Ravens have been over the last 16 years or so. So Mike Tomlin has been the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers for 17 years. John Harbaugh has been there for 16 years. So one fewer season. Mike Tomlin has won 173 games. John Harbaugh has won 160 games as the head coach. Both of them have won a Super Bowl. Both of them have been really good, really consistent. Now, Baltimore hasn't had, I would say, the exact level of consistency. Mike Tomlin's never had a losing season. John Harbaugh has had two in his 16 years as the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. But, Rob, I'm not sure if there are too many more organizations in the NFL that just every single year 
there is a clear floor for the Ravens, even in years in which they've had quarterback injuries. The last couple of years, Lamar has been unable to finish the regular season, and you get Tyler Huntley to finish out the last four or five games for the Ravens. But every single year, that is a team that you know for the most part, they are going to win nine games. They're going to run the ball well. They're going to play really good defense. They're going to be really stout on both the offensive and defensive line. The same way that we have seen Pittsburgh develop a culture and the kind of player that they look for, I feel like Baltimore has done the exact same thing. They've sort of morphed into a team in their division. They've really morphed into Pittsburgh. If that is who the Ravens are becoming and they are morphing into Pittsburgh, I don't think it's a bad comparison that Pittsburgh during the Brady era stole multiple Super Bowls from Tom Brady. I mean, it, it did happen. Cower got one and Mike Tomlin got the one. They went to a third one. Does that mean the historical marker for Lamar Jackson has been Roethlisberger? Do you think he's the third guy in the line of secession in the AFC with Mahomes being the Brady Allen being the Manning? And that's where Lamar slots in is the Roethlisberger because I would wonder if that's how it shakes out because if Lamar wins on Sunday, is there any chance he can elevate to the Manning? I think your culture fit and your conversation about the Ravens being the Steelers all makes sense, but where it starts to fall in on itself is where that slots in historically in the Manning Brady era and the new wave of it because Lamar Jackson's a win away from saying, why am I not Peyton Manning to Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if the Ravens win this game, I don't know why we would continue to talk about Lamar like he's behind those other quarterbacks. Like, why would he be behind Josh Allen? He has two MVPs, and if he wins this game, he would have a Super Bowl appearance. Like, I just don't know why if we are sort of finding, hey, who's the rival for Mahomes going to be and who's going to be the Peyton Manning. I understand from a play style perspective why you don't compare Lamar Jackson to Peyton Manning. But if we're going to, like, at the end of this season, we're going to re-rank everything. And now we've seen a season of C.J. Stroud. We've seen a season of Jordan Love. Lamar Jackson has now won another MVP. We'll see who wins the Super Bowl, whether uh, Patrick Mahomes gets more or one of the other three quarterbacks get there first. We kind of got to do some, all right, hey, now that the season is over, let's take a deep sign in March. We need to readjust these things. If Lamar has an appearance and has more MVPs, I just don't know how you are ranking Josh Allen in front of him if we are going to do this thing. Burrow might be a different conversation, taking his team to a Super Bowl. I'll be willing to listen on Joe Burrow if we have seen Josh Allen not be able to beat Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson does beat him at home and has the same number of MVPs and is possibly one behind in the Super Bowl conversation. I don't know how you're not putting him at least ahead of Josh Allen. I'm curious when you said there, and I know it's Chiefs Ravens, AFC title game, so I don't want to delineate too much. But if Lamar wins on Sunday, doesn't Lamar jump Burrow? Because Lamar, during the Patrick Mahomes era, has multiple MVPs. He has two. It wasn't like he got the first one when Alex Smith was playing. He got both in the heart of the Mahomes era and would have beaten Mahomes in their only playoff matchup to date. And will have been to as many Super Bowls as Joe Burrow. Like, I'm curious why someone will have Burrow over Lamar if the Ravens end up winning on Sunday. I know, big if, let's just see what happens. It's all moot to this point, conjecture, whatever. But I'd be curious how someone continues to hold Burrow over Lamar if Lamar gets the W on Sunday. Seems like his resume now puts, you know, trumps up over Burrow's. Let me ask you this question. It's in line with sort of what we're talking about. 
I think it's clear what Patrick Mahomes gains if the Chiefs win this game and go on to win the Super Bowl. There's already like an aura around him, a glow around Patrick Mahomes. That gets even brighter if the Chiefs win this game, right? I mean, we're talking about four Super Bowl appearances and three rings if they win this, and he is 28 years old. Like, we are already acknowledging that Pat is the best quarterback in the NFL, and it's not really a conversation. It's not really close. If he gets to four appearances and three rings at this age, the legend that is already, I would say, pretty extensive for Patrick Mahomes just continues to grow. I don't think that he is hurt in any way if the Chiefs lose this game or they lose in the Super Bowl. I don't think that's a possibility with Patrick Mahomes. At this point, he has reached a certain level where MVPs matter, Super Bowl appearances, Super Bowl wins matter. He has reached like that level of success where every season is a failure if you don't accomplish one, two, or more of those things. Who do you think gains the most out of the other three quarterbacks, whether it's Lamar, Jared Goff, or Brock Purdy? I actually think it's Brock Purdy. I think it's Brock Purdy. If you're Purdy and Lamar's already gotten the big time paycheck, right? Jared Goff has collected a second contract. It is a big difference if Brock Purdy plays really well on Sunday against the Lions and then goes up against a Patrick Mahomes, goes up against a possibly Lamar Jackson and wins the Super Bowl and going into a negotiation, Brock Purdy is able to say, I am a Super Bowl champion because I think there is a perception around Purdy, which is fair or unfair. We'll see how he plays coming up on Sunday that you can't win the Super Bowl with that kind of player. Well, what if you can? I mean, every generation has it, whether it was Brad Johnson, whether it was Trent Dilfer, like we have seen non-elite quarterbacks win the Super Bowl. We've seen Joe Flacco win a Super Bowl in recent memory. What is the conversation around Brock Purdy if he is able to get his team over the hump, if they are able to get to the Super Bowl and possibly win the Super Bowl coming up in a couple of weeks? I actually think Purdy is the quarterback whose sort of aura changes. Lamar has two MVPs. That's a real short list of people that have done it. Goff has already taken his team to a Super Bowl, and Goff has gotten the Lions back to their first NFC championship game since the early 1990s. I think that the way we feel about Brock Purdy drastically changes if he can play well in the next two weeks. Let's go to the phone lines right now and be joined by our guy, Ben Heisler. Check out his podcast, Benny and the Bets. Heis, let's start with the AFC championship game. The Ravens are a three and a half point. I've seen it actually move up to four, depending on where you get your line from. Which side are you taking? The Ravens appear to be the better team on paper, but Patrick Mahomes rarely loses as a dog. No, I think he's only lost twice in his entire career as a dog, and he's only lost three times straight up as a dog. So the narrative for Pat Mahomes, you're always looking for something for Kansas City. Last week, it was the first road game, second time since 2018 that he's been an underdog in back-to-back games. Just a a crazy stat for how good Kansas City fans have had it. I like the Ravens. Um, I think if it does go to, say, four and a half, you can make a really compelling argument uh, to to get back on the right number for Kansas City. But uh, every indication, see that, that when this line first opened, most books hung it at three and a half. And the fact that it hasn't gone to three is pretty much every indication of where the Sharps are on this week. They're on Baltimore. They think Lamar Jackson and this Ravens offense uh, was able to kind of shake off whatever cobwebs they had, uh, deal with that slow start against Houston, and really turn things up. And 
now that they're getting everybody back even more healthy while Kansas City is dealing with some injuries to their offensive line, uh, it, it does kind of set up for the Ravens to be the, the right side here. Whether or not the Chiefs can come in and backdoor cover this game or win it outright, of course it's Mahomes. Of course it's reasonable to suspect that it could happen. But um, the, the fact that just the line hasn't moved, I think the right number is still at Baltimore three and a half. But if it goes up even higher, like four, four and a half, then I think you can make an argument for Kansas City just to just for sure reason that it's still Mahomes playing on the other side. So I'm looking at the total for this game. They have it at 44 and a half. I like the under. I think this is a 23-17 game on either side, depending who runs the football effectively, depending on who wins the turnover differential. That's around the score that I've kind of settled in, which would get me to the under. What side do you like for Sunday? You like the over 44, 44 and a half or the under? I'll probably lean under, but as I've said time and time again, Carrington, the the stat doesn't lie. Second half unders, fourth quarter unders in Chiefs games are are where money has been made all season long. It's been now 17-2 and for second half live unders for the Kansas City Chiefs games, and then 18-1 and for fourth quarter unders. There's something about this defense that starts to click in the second half. Even when they gave up some of those initial points, to Buffalo and scored a couple touchdowns on their own. Once the fourth quarter rolled around, it was silent. And so I think that's another ideal play. I could see both of these teams getting off to a, you know, a nice solid drive with how effective they've been running the ball in the postseason. And it's seven, seven by the time you're midway through the first quarter. And now all of a sudden you can go ahead and jump in on a much better live total. So I don't love jumping on 44 and a half. If I had to pick a side, it'd probably be under, but I think the play is to try and attack this live, knowing that you're probably going to get a better number a after each of their teams have their first scripted drive. And then also you might as well just go and follow the trend until it starts to to go against you. And the chiefs haven't shown any indication that it's going against them. Heist, give me one player prop that you like for this game. Give me Clyde Edwards Hilaire rush plus receiving yards at 14 and a half. I'll take the over for Clyde Edwards Hilaire, especially with Isaiah Pacheco being banged up. I mean, they've shown that they're willing to give Clyde Edwards Hilaire a few touches and throw it to him out of the backfield. 14 and a half is a relatively low number. I'll take the over for Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I think that's a great call, Carrington. And I think a lot of people are going to be scared off of it because of what they saw last week with how much Pacheco was used. And, you know, I happen to be on the right side of the Pacheco bet last week with over 14 and a half carries, but he barely got there. And the only reason he ended up getting there was in large part due to that missed field goal where he iced the game. Uh, so I, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be the case. So I, I might consider going under on Pacheco's rushing attempts for that very reason. Um, I do think it's going to be more of a situation where they're going to have to either play from behind or, or throw the ball a little bit more often. Um, I, I like the fact that you're looking outside of Pacheco because his numbers have been so good and he's such a violent, physical, talented runner. Um, the, the Chiefs have seen something in Clyde um, that's given them a little bit more optimism, and I, I think they'll take advantage of it this week. I think that's a great, sharp call by you. I'll get you out of here with this, Heist. I am taking the Detroit Lions on the money line in this game. I got scared Ooh. off by what I saw with San Francisco last week. I, I was disappointed by their defense and their defensive line. Brock Purdy didn't play that well to me. I'm taking the Lions to win this game straight up. Yeah, the Lions have been tested multiple weeks and have continued to come through, and that's been a sign of a resilient team and a Dan Campbell coach team where it doesn't really matter what's thrown at them. 
uh, they've found a way to, to get the resolve they've needed. I think they cover. The fact that you can get them right now at seven in the hook tells me that uh, something's a little bit off here. And, yeah, maybe Sharp Money has pushed this over the number of seven, but it's sat at seven for such a long time. I think Detroit keeps it close. That's sort of been every avenue that, that these teams have played in. A lot of close games, a lot of opportunities late. Uh, the 49ers have not been great at stopping the run as of late. I think that's a great opportunity for Detroit with Ben Johnson navigating that offense. And the other thing is that Jared Goff has had a lot of issues on the road, but yet he still has been the most consistent covering quarterback since 2018. So I think it's a situation where it sets up for maybe San Francisco to pull away towards the end, but the Lions are going to fight to the end, and maybe that includes a backdoor cover. That is my guy, Ben Heisler, joining us on the show today. Be sure to check out his podcast page, Benny and the Bets, getting you ready for the AFC Championship game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. Heis, appreciate you as always, man. Thanks a bunch. Have a great weekend, CDOT. Be good. Absolutely. Our guy, Benny Heiss, is brought to you by Twin Peaks, where you can eat, drink, and see the scenic views. We got Nick Wright coming up in 20 minutes. Keep it locked in right here. It's The Drive. You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Remember to follow the show on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. yard line of the Ravens double tight play action fake here comes a blitzer fake pattern to the near side and it is caught by Robinson touchdown Kansas City an incredible one-handed catch by Demarcus Robinson on a deep corner route of 18 yards and the Chiefs strike gold in the gold end zone We got Nick Wright scheduled to join us here coming up in about 20 minutes. We're going to head to the phone lines and be joined by Nick Wright of FS1. And first things first, very excited to get Nick's thoughts on this game as we get you ready for the AFC championship game. I want to read to you guys a text that we got earlier today in the show that I saved for this here moment. 
Hey, CDOT, I know that this year's offense is different, but every top defense that the Chiefs have faced really seems to bring the best out of Patrick Mahomes, whether it was San Francisco in the Super Bowl, Buffalo in the 13-second game, and Philadelphia in last year's Super Bowl. Well, I have the stats for you. Patrick Mahomes going up against a top-five defense. He is 5-0. and He has completed 66% of his passes. He is averaging 320 yards a game with a quarterback rating of 95, and the Chiefs have averaged 27.8 points per game in those games. Baltimore's defense doesn't really scare me in that way. We are talking about a very deep and very talented team across the board. I don't know if they have a game-wrecking kind of player. I don't know if there is a player on that defense that you feel like you got to circle him because if you don't stop him, he will ruin your day. They don't have a Miles Garrett or a Max Crosby, just a high-end, elite-level pass rusher that's coming off the end that would cause great disruption. I got a lot of respect for Kyle Hamilton, but Kyle Hamilton, I think, is going to be used maybe more as a shadow for Travis Kelsey, sort of a rover, not necessarily as worried about him. There are so many similarities between this game and the Super Bowl just last year against the Philadelphia Eagles and how the Eagles defense was perceived versus what we saw them do against top flight offenses. Kansas City's offense hasn't been top flight this year, but Kansas City has done a really good job of normally figuring out what the weakness is for a team like Baltimore's defense that comes in as the number one top defense in the league, and they usually figure out a way to attack it. And that's why what Andy Reid said was so interesting to me when he met with the media and spoke about this offense. Nothing schematically per se, I think, um, it probably just took a little bit longer for us for whatever reason this year to try to figure out what we want to do and how we want to do it. And then um, the, the guys too, like they, they, the offensive line, the tight ends, the running backs, they stayed persistent with staying aggressive, staying together and staying physical. So when you do all that, it's, it's something that I think is, is able to get you bigger plays. I'm looking at this game, and there are a couple of keys to me, and I probably sound like a broken record, but I firmly believe that this is part of the formula for the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that they're not going to have Joe Tooney in this game as he has been ruled out. Run the football. I know that Isaiah Pacheco was banged up in this game. Run the football. The Chiefs offense has seen its biggest success when they have been balanced and focused on running the football. If you want to find a weakness to Baltimore's defense, it's that you can run on them. Christian McCaffrey ran for 103 yards against this team. Devon A-Chain ran for 107 yards against this team. Kyron Williams, who was actually really good this year for the Rams, ran for 114 yards against the Baltimore Ravens. This is not a game that I want to see Kansas City abandon the run early. I also think that they need to have success on first and second down and create third and short yardage scenarios that if you're going to put this wide receiver group and put this team in obvious passing situations, I think that's when you were talking about defense Ravens. That's when you do allow all of their playmakers to fly around and make plays. I think running the ball early in this game and setting the tone in the first and second down is really going to be a major part of this game, Rob, of how the chiefs can continue to maintain balance. I think that both teams 
Their key to winning this game is very, very simple. Lamar is not someone who can operate in a high-volume passing offense. If this is a game script that Lamar Jackson throws it 37 times, this is probably a game that the Baltimore Ravens lose. I also feel like this is a game that even though you're not going to have your top offensive lineman and your running back is banged up, Maybe you got to divvy up the carries a little bit where Clyde Edwards Hilaire gets five to seven carries and you give Isaiah Pacheco 12 to 14 carries and you try to balance it with his injury because he can't give it a full go. But this team cannot abandon the run and cannot abandon the formula that has helped them get here after their two postseason wins. I think, and we've talked about all week, the key for both teams is very similar. But what you're saying, or at least the way it hits my ear, is that neither team can really afford to play from behind. And I'm not talking like 7 nothing, 7-3, 10-3. I mean, chasing a score is not really playing behind to me. That's the kind of just football happening, the same way you saw last week with the Bills when they went up 7 nothing. But I don't know that either team can really survive if this game turns into a 14-3 or 17-6, or it's suddenly you're chasing two scores because both teams are designed to maul you on the ground, and that is a weakness of the other defense. So if you do find yourself down 14-0 or 17-3 or something early, you could be in trouble either you are the Ravens or the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are more built to withstand that because they have the better passing quarterback. But what you're describing is don't get down multiple scores in this game. And I know the text line is like, well, duh, Rob, that's the key. But how many times in the playoffs have we seen the Chiefs down double digits and you didn't even sweat? You didn't fret. That's not going to be the case on Sunday. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if this is a game in which Kansas City starts slow and they find themselves down like they did in the AFC Championship game against Tennessee, I think that they are more equipped to kind of – I think that Baltimore will stick to the run. You remember that AFC Championship game a few years ago with Tennessee – the Chiefs did a good job early on Derrick Henry, and it was like they just didn't stay committed to it and didn't keep doing it. If you don't stop Baltimore early and allow them to sort of open up the other things that they do incredibly well, so Lamar is having a lot of success on his RPOs and short yardage runs, it then opens things up for the tight ends over the middle of the field. It could be a really long day. Another thing that's really important in this game is It is those unscripted runs from the Ravens that really hurt you the most. I don't think it's possible to stop Lamar Jackson from running the football. Like, I think he is the best rushing quarterback that we have ever seen in the history of the National Football League. And I think the way that their offensive line is in their scheme, it's not realistic to think that Kansas City is holding Lamar to 21 yards rushing in this game. But how do those runs happen? When do they happen in the game? How he really ate up Houston was... Hey, this is not a design run. They only called four design runs. Like a lot of it is they allow Lamar's instincts to sort of take over. And hey, if you got it, you got it. What you can't afford in this game is it's third and five, third and six, third and seven. You've got them in a very obvious passing down. This is where you want to have the Baltimore Ravens. They're not running RPO. He is going to have to throw to make a play. You can't allow that to turn into a 17-yard run. He gets down the field. He makes a guy miss. And then the crowd starts to feed off of that energy, and that team really starts to feed off of that energy. But but the way that they scheme their runs, I mean, they're going to use a couple of rollouts. They're going to use some misdirection. They're going to use some trickeration. They're going to put Lamar in some good spots. And I actually think Lamar does a really good job of getting down. I know we always say you just got to hit him, but – 
Can you think of so many? Can you think of a lot of times over the last three, four years where Lamar just really took a square hit? He does a really good job of getting out of bounds or getting down before the big contact happens. He's a really smart runner. He either gets down, steps out. It's it's such a football guy term, but like how many players have we heard describe NFL players as he's just slippery. He's just, he's hard to square up. He's just elusive. I know it's not the same. I'm not comparing the players, but like people that played in the nineties talk about Barry Sanders as you couldn't, you just couldn't square him up. Lamar Jackson has a little bit of that. He's just, he's slippery. He's hard to square up. He steps out of bounds the right time. He does all those things really well, which is why historically speaking, he's been the best running quarterback we've seen in the modern era because he doesn't take the massive hit. It's very different than what the chiefs experienced last week with Josh Allen. It seems at times like Josh Allen is seeking contact. That is not how Lamar Jackson works. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that that's a really good point when it comes to him. I, I just, there are some runs that I think you can live with. Like, let's say Lamar Jackson runs for 55 yards in this game. I think you can live with that. I mean, he's going to get enough opportunities and enough attempts in this game. He's going to have at least five, six, seven attempts in this game. If you hold Lamar Jackson to seven carries for 55 yards, I would say that you did a really good job against him for the day. He maybe had one that hurt you, but... Not too much. What really hurts you is what he did last week against Houston, where he had 11 carries for 100 yards, or what he did against the Rams, where he had 11 for 70 and scored a touchdown. Those are the runs that really, really give you the big problems if you're the opposing team's defense. And again, he just gobbles up yards in the middle of the field. He will just make some play, make one guy miss. He'll get down, and now he flips the field. He is very, very elusive in this. What are you expecting from Mark Andrews? Because I... He is the real, like, the true X factor in this game. Mark Andrews is probably one of the five best tight ends in the National Football League, but he hasn't played since week 11. That was 10 weeks ago. A lot has happened in the last 10 weeks of the National Football League. I'm not sure if you can be inactive for the last two and a half, almost three months, and then step into the AFC Championship game against a defense like Kansas City's and expect to have a whole lot of success. I like to use the player props as sort of a, hey, what does Vegas think? What does the algorithm think? They have the over-under for Mark Andrews at 32 and a half yards. So, like, they are not expecting a great version of Mark Andrews in this game. I'm going to be very curious to see how much he plays in this game, how they utilize Mark Andrews, and is he in for a lot of blocking purposes? Is he a decoy? Or is he going to have, you know, five catches for 60 yards in this game? I look at him as being one of the X factors for the Baltimore Ravens. I'm curious how the Ravens use him too. I would say my gut on Friday afternoon is he's decoy slash red zone guy. And you mentioned using the, you know, the player props as your guide, Isaiah likely, I last saw him at 20 and a half total yards. Seems like the play to me to bet the over. Cause I think Mark Andrews is going to be more, Hey, look, we got our stud back out there. Alert, alert, alert. But we're going to use the guy that carried us down the stretch who is Isaiah likely. So give me likely over. And I think Andrews is a decoy and maybe a red zone. Go get it guy more than, you know, every down going to give him the ball. Let's take a break here. Coming up in just a bit, we're going to be joined by Nick Wright of Fox Sports 1. And first things first, Nick is going to join us here coming up in about five minutes. We're also going to be joined in studio by Nate Taylor of The Athletic. We got a busy show plan for the AFC Championship game as the Chiefs travel to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. We got Nick Wright coming up next. Don't turn that dial. It's the drive. 
You're listening to The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esqually Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Single back Mahomes, first and 10 from his own 17. Long, he's got Hartman wide open, 50, 40 foot race, 30, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Slings the ball into the section behind the goalpost. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. Let's head to the phone lines right now to be joined by one of the top sports opinion makers, a true television star, Fox Sports 1. First things first, Nick Wright joins us on the show today. Nick, how you doing, my man? Doing great, man. Chief season starts Sunday. Since Mahomes got here, season starts AFC title game 0-1-1. Devastating disappointment. 1-1, really hard to swallow. 2-0, we hold a damn parade. So let's get it. Nick, I have to be honest with you as we kick off this conversation. You always make fun of me for being nervous about things. This well, is I know you're of, picking the Ravens. I'm not I picking mean, the Ravens, but I'm just going to tell you why I'm worried. This is one of the few times that I think you could say on paper that the other team is better than the Kansas City Chiefs. They were top five offensively this year. They have the number one scoring defense. They're at home. They're the healthier team. There are a lot of boxes to check for Baltimore in this game. But on Kansas City's side, I mean, I watched your show, and you were 100% correct. He is the greatest underdog that we have ever seen in the NFL. 11 times the Chiefs have been underdogs since he has taken over as a quarterback. They are 8-3 and three straight up. They are 9-1-1 one, and one against the spread. Even despite all the advantages that Baltimore has, I just can't get it in me to pick against Patrick Mahomes in a game of this magnitude. So I, I think you're obviously on the right side of it. I, I want to be clear. I do not feel about this game the way I felt about the Miami game, which I thought was going to be impossible for us to lose, or the Buffalo game that, you know, I told you I thought they were going to win by 10. And to be honest, they should have won by 10, if not for the McCall fumble at the goal line. Uh, this is a more than worthy opponent. This is the team with the best resume in the league well-rounded they've got the quarterback that you know played the it was playing the best ball of his career you can at the very least say that uh however one spot that i think people have wrong about this game is i don't think baltimore has the better defense i think Kansas city does so baltimore this year they have the number one scoring defense 16 and a half Kansas city's number two is 17.3 but Kansas city's defense has survived despite not forcing turnovers. They were fifth fewest in the football, 17. Baltimore's defense has lived forcing turnovers. He was 31, the number one in the league. I don't think Mahomes is going to turn the ball over because he doesn't turn the ball over in the playoffs. And so if the turnover battle is even, the Chiefs are at a huge edge. I Additionally, 
I think the Chiefs are going to have the reverse game plan that they had against Buffalo. Buffalo it was, we'll give you everything except for deep shots over the top. I think against Baltimore, they are going to sell out to stop the short stuff in the running game and trust the best cornerback duo in, in the league, Snead and McDuffie, to be able to handle Baltimore's slightly, at this point, overrated receivers one-on-one on an island, and you just hope Snead doesn't commit more than one defensive pass interference penalty. So I think this is a low-scoring game. I think this is a defensive game. And this is the other part about a low-scoring defensive game, and it feels weird to say, but it's true. The Chiefs have the more reliable kicker. Justin Tucker this year has not hit a single field goal from more than 50 yards out. He's 0 for 4 on those attempts. Butker's only missed two all year, and one was with a deflated football in New England. And so I like our edge in the kicking game. I like our edge defense slightly. And I do think it's going to be a struggle to move the ball because of Baltimore's linebackers and Kyle Hamilton and everyone. But I trust Mahomes to make just enough magical plays. And Rasheed Rice to look like the better of the two rookie receivers between him and Zay Flowers. So I like the Chiefs in a low-scoring close game. Right now we're talking to Nick Wright of FS1. I mean, two places that I think Kansas City has an advantage is one you just mentioned with the defense. For as good as Baltimore is, they don't have a star offensive player other than Lamar that you don't feel you can stop. Not at running back with Justice Hill and Gus Edwards. I'm with you on their wide receivers. I really like Zay Flowers, but with how Kansas City has done against wide receivers, not worried about him in this game, not worried about Odell Beckham. They don't have a star player like an Amon Ra St. Brown or Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, that I think could just go out there and beat you and win this game. And to the point of Kansas City's offense with how they've run the ball so far in the postseason, I feel very confident about Kansas City's ability to run on Baltimore. I mean, I, I, I saw San Francisco run the ball against them. I saw Miami run the ball against them. I saw the Rams run the ball on this team. I feel confident that Kansas City can on Sunday. So, yeah, the Joe Tooney being out, you know, is obviously a big problem. He was the only first-team All-Pro on the offense. Uh, but that is a spot where... At you, Nick Allegretti, you, you feel decent about that. Where you get really nervous is if another offensive lineman were to go down during the game where you're already very thin. Uh, here's something I'm curious about. The, we talked about this off the air more than on the air on the show today, which is will Mark Andrews coming back be good or bad for Baltimore? Because Wilds was just basically positing the idea that Lamar not having Mark Andrews kind of forced him to diversify his passing options, if you will. And with him back, will he start zeroing in on him when Lamar's been playing better without him? I don't know if that is, you know, what's going to happen, but it is an interesting thought. The other thing is this. I just, the, the Ravens and I, this they've been blowing people out because they're awesome. So I'm not taking anything away from there. I don't think they're going to blow out Kansas City. I trust Kansas City in a close game way more than I trust Baltimore in a close game. And Baltimore, I think, you know, doesn't have nearly as much experience in a close game. And so, I, and I know that Patrick said that the Ravens were one of the two stadiums he's had to use a silent count. But in that game, the Chiefs scored 35 points and he threw for almost 400 yards. So the, having to use the silent count was not exactly something that really slowed him down in that game. Right now, we're talking to Nick Wright of FS1 and First Things First for a couple of minutes. 
Nick, I'm seeing a lot of people make comparisons to the Super Bowl, and it certainly makes a lot of sense. Like, there are a lot of comparisons between this year's Ravens and last year's Eagles. Where do you put this Ravens team in in ranking them against the other teams that the Chiefs have played during this postseason run? Or not this postseason run, but during this dynasty run? Oh, wow. Um, so, I think the best team the Chiefs played was the 2018 Pats. Um. I think the second best team was the 2021 Bills. And I think that uh, this Ravens team is third. I'm just kind of going through it all quickly in my head. Yeah, this Ravens team would be third. The Niners in 2019 would be fourth. And the Eagles in the Super Bowl last year would be fifth. That's where I, that's where I stand on it. Do you have a list? Yeah, I was thinking about it. I actually probably would put that San Francisco team just as number one. Like that team was super complete, and I know they had Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback. But I, I would probably rank that Niners team one. I actually probably would put this Ravens team second, and that Patriots team from twenty eighteen is third. That Patriots team, man, was really something else. Uh, and I know in the Super Bowl they didn't score, but. They and I know the Chiefs defense sunk that year. I, I don't know. It was Brady was still really, really, really good. It was Gronk's, you know, last year in New England. Uh yeah, that's fair. I mean, listen, this the thing is, is I I I do think that Lamar's one weakness is what Spags is gonna want to do. Lamar's one weakness is if you send the house at him. And Spags didn't really get to do that against Josh Allen. I think you just have to deal with if you get hit over the head for a few big plays, you just deal with it. And I think you, I think this is a game they could sack Lamar four or five times. I really think you can force some big Lamar mistakes in this game. Right now, we're talking to Nick Wright of FS1. Nick, it feels like Lamar is at that same place that Jokic was. Like, I've heard your commentary enough on Jokic, and I thought for the most part it was fair. Hey, Jokic is really good, but I got to see him do it in this spot. Well, eventually he did it last year. He proved that he was the best player in the NBA. They won the championship last year. I kind of feel like that's where Lamar is. Obviously, no one's going to consider him the best quarterback in the league, but there have just been so many questions about Lamar. And if you only got two postseason wins and you got them against Ryan Tannehill and C.J. Stroud, it is still very fair to have questions about you and how you perform in the postseason. I feel like a lot of those questions get answered if Lamar plays really well against Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. Oh, well, all of them get answered. I think a lot of them got answered this past weekend. I mean, I don't, I don't think, listen, there's active quarterbacks, active starting quarterbacks who have played in the Super Bowl. It's Goff, Stafford, Burrow, Mahomes, and who am I forgetting? Rodgers, I guess. There's one other obvious one that I'm forgetting. Um, but, like, it, oh, Jalen Hurts. Um, it, Russ, if he's still a starter. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a starter. Like, it's not like there's a lot of people that are going to be able to say they've gotten further than a conference championship game. Nobody other than Mahomes and Rodgers have won an MVP. I, I think other than Lamar. I think that what he needed – was at least one awesome playoff game, and he got it. So, yes, this would – you know, I said this on the show. I don't know if you disagree with me. I, Lamar, the moment he accepts his MVP in a week and a half, he becomes a Hall of Famer. Like, 
he has two MVPs. Like, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I, I don't think he has that much else to prove. What I do think beating Mahomes would do is it would be, instead of there just being a clear-cut best quarterback in football and then a debate for who's number two, I think Lamar would separate himself and the debate would start being about who's number three. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm taking a look at the list of guys who have multiple MVPs. So it's Steve Young, Kurt Warner, Montana, Mahomes, Unitas, Favre, Brady, Rodgers, and Manning. Jim Brown's the other one. I'm 100% with you. Now, I don't know if Lamar could just retire tomorrow and be a Hall of Famer. I feel like we would have a lot of conversations and debate about Lamar. But you're right. I mean, if at the end of your career, if you have two MVPs and you've had the overall team success. I know they haven't won yet, but he has like a, a 60% win percentage. I'm with you. No, that Lamar is certainly trending on being a Hall of Famer. I think his win percentage is over 70. Like, I think it's over 70. I mean, I, I think it's his winning percentage is bananas. Like, uh, I think Lamar's career winning percentage might be third all time. I think it's Mahomes, Brady, Lamar. Um, yeah, and so you're right. He doesn't have the postseason success as of now. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, and so I, I just think he needed to, he really needed not to lose or fall flat against Houston. And he didn't, they, 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 they was scary for a half and then they blew the doors off them in the second half. Right now, we're talking to Nick right here for a couple more minutes. Last two questions, Nick, and I'll get you out of here. I got to ask you chiefs win if Ravens win if chiefs win, if they don't turn the ball over, I mean, this team still is. I think they're now 11 and 1 or something this year when they 10 and 1 maybe when they just don't lose the turnover battle and the one loss was the uh the Lions game when it was a pick 6 so that you know what I mean that, that that's almost two turnovers I think we talked about that last week Ravens win if uh they score 28 um, and you know, that's, that's kind of a cop out Ravens win. If I'm wrong about the chiefs defense, having answers for Lamar, because I don't think the chiefs offense is going to score a bunch of points in this game. I, I, the, I do think that the Ravens linebackers will be able to slow down Kelsey. And then we're really, really relying on rice and, you know, MBS and others. I also, by the way, would, would keep I know it's hard to do, but I wouldn't get rid of McCall Hardman. I would, he does add a dynamic element of speed that I think is helpful. And I don't want Tony. The last time Tony, you know, was out for six weeks and we put him in a game was the first game of the year. And that went disastrously. So I don't want that. Nick, I'm certainly with you there. I mean, if this team is going to win, I mean, last week they got 90 yards from MVS and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire combined that you're not going to win this game solely with Mahomes, Rice, Kelsey, and Pacheco. You're going to need one or two other players to make a big play. So whether that's McCall Harvin, maybe Justin Watson has a big catch on third down. He did that a bunch this year. I'm with you. They're going to need probably two other offensive pieces to have a decent day. Yeah, I mean, the, I do think Pacheco's going to have to have a, a huge game. I, I think Kelsey could really be held in check in this game. Um, and I think Rice is going to have to have a big game. And then you just really need, like, two other plays and or Mahomes to have, you know, a couple of those playoff patented great scrambles that he seems to be the best in the world that I've ever seen. 
in the playoffs at those exact plays. Nick, I'll get you out of here with this last question. I know you have Kansas City going to the Super Bowl. Who do you have them playing in the Super Bowl? You know, I, I'm going to go ahead and go with the last game is the first game. That it's Detroit-Kansas City rematch. Uh, I think that uh, Niners are right now a touch overrated, particularly with Debo either missing the game or if it's a shoulder injury, the style he plays, he could go, you know, be in the game and then be right out of the game. I obviously don't trust Purdy. But what I do think is this. I think Sunday's game is the Super Bowl. I think the winner of Chiefs-Ravens is winning the Super Bowl, and I think that the best game left of the season is about to be Chiefs-Ravens. It'll be far more competitive, far more compelling than the Super Bowl. And that is Nick Wright joining us on the show today. Catch him every day on FS1 and First Things First. Joining us on the show today for my money, he is one of the top sports opinion makers in the world. Nick, I appreciate you, my brother. Thanks a lot for hopping on today. No doubt. Thank you, CDOT. See you guys. Absolutely. That's Nick Wright joining us on the show today. If you missed any part of it, be sure to check it out on sixthandsports.com and also the Odyssey app. We go from New York to in-studio with Nate Taylor of The Athletic. He'll join us coming up on the other side. Don't turn that dial. It's a drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.